the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Now this righteousness and this peace and joy in the Holy Ghost is all the time. Not once a week or once a month, but it's the life you live. It's all the time. Now, I want you to put up our thirst, if you would, Romans, the 12th chapter and the first verse. Nicholas said in prayer last night that uh, something about I'd have 100 scriptures, but I promise you, I don't, I don't, I don't have that many scriptures. Romans uh, 12 and verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that means you have to read the Word of God to know what the Word of God says. The Word of God, as a matter of fact, it, in the Scripture, it talks about the washing of the water by, by the Word. The Word of God will cleanse your mind. The Word of God washes your mind, even when you read it, and maybe you say, I don't understand it. The Word is spirit and life. And when you're reading it, it's cleansing your mind, whether you understand it or not. So it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you don't know what the word of God says, how are you going to know whether the devil's talking to you or God's talking to you? You got to know what the word of God says so that you can tell him, get me, get behind me, Satan. It's, it is written, man shall not live by brother alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So tonight we're talking about seeking the kingdom of God first. And, we're, and it's going to have a lot to do with distractions. I'm going to be talking about distractions tonight. How Christians get so easily distracted. Put up their Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the first verse. I'm going to show you tonight how to keep from being distracted. In Hebrews, the 12th chapter. In the first verse, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us say, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when we look back in verse 1, it says, We also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. And it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run 
with patience the race that is set before us. Everybody that's born again in the body of Christ, you have a race to run. Everybody. Nobody's excluded. You've got your part in the body of Christ. You've got your talents and abilities and gifts God's given you. You've got a race to run. And nobody can run that race for you but you. And the devil, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And his main, um, his main thing is to knock you out of your race. Okay? But your main thing is that you're going to finish your race. You're going to come across that finish line. And you're going to finish like the Apostle Paul finished his race. I fought the fight. I kept the faith. I finished my race. See? And your number one thing is to finish your race in this life because you want him when he looks at you to say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In order to finish your race, it's going to take diligence. It's going to take doing things in the Word of God that we're going to talk about tonight. Put up there if you would, Thirsty. Um, Luke, the ninth chapter, and the 57th verse. When we just got done reading there about laying aside every weight and every sin, sin to most born-again believers that walk in the Spirit is, is very easy to see. But those weights, those weights and those distractions is what can trip you up. So in Luke 9... In verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said, I'm Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever you go. And Jesus said, "On foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, and the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He said, On another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first, go and bury my father. And Jesus said, On them, let the dead bury the dead, but go and preach the kingdom of God. Another said unto him, I will follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home, at my house. And Jesus said, I'm no man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what we see here is he's telling them, follow me. And what they begin to do is they start beginning to make excuses, one at a time. Now, excuses are real easy to make. We, we, we can all make excuses. And, and really, here they sound good. They'll even sound good to people, and you can even convince people. But I'm going to tell you, on that day of judgment, when we're judged, them excuses, they won't sound so good. So we can see there, they started making excuses. So while we're in the book of Luke, go to the 14th chapter and the 15th verse. The 14th chapter and the 15th verse. I believe I'm in the right place. And when one of them that sat at me uh, with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and, and bid many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they 
all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I pray to them, I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So we can see it's real easy to make excuses. They're all making excuses why they, why they can't do what God called them to do, why they can't run the race. And Heather, I just remembered while I was up here ministering, I'll pray for them at the end of the service. I won't forget. I said I'd pray for them before the service, and while I was up here, it came to me. So I will not, I will not forget. And so um, we can see that in this life, uh, we're living in uh, times to where uh, I don't believe I've ever seen as much distractions that's going on out there uh, in this world. People are just, uh, uh, I never thought I'd see the day that people were, um, were controlled by a phone, by a device, you know. And everywhere I go, um, I see people just distracted. They're working all the time. They're just, uh, they're just distracted in life, and they're miserable. And this is Christian and 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 non-Christian also being distracted um, all the time. And you know, I'll just say this: I haven't had a, a TV in probably fifteen years, and I thank God every day that I don't. You know. I didn't watch much on it when I had it. Uh, I like sports and stuff. But when he told me to um, to get rid of it, I got rid of it. And I thank him every day because I don't even know. I look back now, I don't even know how I had time to sit down and watch it. Because this world is so distracted by the phones, Internet, TV, and every device that is out there. And that's when we're talking about weights, okay? Weights, distractions that keeps us from doing the will of God, keeps us from running our race. The things I see out there going on in this world um, is this technology that's out there and all the pornography and all the stuff that's going on out there in this world. I go to places of business. I went in a place one time of business to pay my phone bill. And the girl that waited on me was in there watching TV and watching a man and a woman on TV having sex in the, in the place of business. I go in the place of business to talk to people about buying some vehicles in the big for thing in the foyer with the security guard. And he says, okay, I'll get him on the phone. He goes to another phone. He lays his cell phone down on the counter. And I look down at the phone. And a man, a woman is there undressing on the phone. People are so distracted in this crazy um, world by the Internet, by cell phones. I got, a, I got a cell phone, but it is a flip cell phone. And I know how to say hi, and I know how to say bye. But that phone is not going to control me. Before I go to bed at night, I put that thing on silence. And it does not come back on till the next day until I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. You see... People don't want to pay the price to abide in God. When I'm talking about abiding in God, I'm not talking about being born again. I'm talking about abiding 
in life. I'm talking about abiding in the vine. I'm talking about abiding in the spirit. You got to be willing to pay the price. To sit with him, to spend time with him. Now, I'm just going to tell you, just to set an example, not that you could look to me in any kind of way, but Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And if I give you an example that's following Christ, then it would be a good example for you to look at. I'm quite aware of distractions. I've been in business for myself. I've been working for myself for almost 40 years. I, I know how business can distract you. I know how money can distract you. I can make a lot more money than I make. I can. But I would have to say, get somebody to do this for me. Get somebody to do that for me. And before you know it, I'd be lukewarm. And after lukewarm, who knows what, I'd be cold. Because I would be forgetting the most important things. And I would be beginning to let weights control me. See? So let me just tell you what I do. I silence my phone before I go to bed at night. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I start doing is say, good morning, Holy Ghost. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And then I sit there for approximately at least two hours. But I'll just say this. I do not leave my house until I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm talking about every day, seven days a week, every day of my life. It's not worth going out there into the world to work, to do anything until I'm filled with the Spirit. Life without being filled with the Spirit of God every day is vanity. It's all vain. Everything out there is a lie. And I could make excuses. There's been so many, so many times I can't even count them that maybe I would go buy a vehicle. And I knew that it was fixing to be church or fixing to be prayer. And I knew that I wouldn't have time. I already paid for it, but I wouldn't have time to get out there. I'm going to be late or miss and see, I could say, well, I could call and say, well, get somebody else to do this for me. I can't make it. And I could start making excuses. But if I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, that stuff don't matter. So I'll go on to church. I'll go on to prayer. I'll go on to what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I'll go back at night if I have to. I'll go back whenever I have to. But I have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It don't work any other way. He says, he's divine. I'm a branch. Without him, I can do nothing. And I can't. I can't. I can't live a day without him. I don't care if my grandkids come over. I'm not leaving that room for no money, for nothing. I'll get with you later. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, when I get done communing with the Holy Ghost, when I get done praying to the Father and the Son, when I get done looking at Scripture and quoting Scripture, and then I pray in the Spirit. But I'm not going to leave that house until I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not going out there in this crazy world with all the distractions and darkness that there is out there. For what? <laughs> uh-uh. I won't give up one day. Not one day. Not one day for money or anything else. I have what I need. I ain't interested in making a bunch of money because I can. I'm interested in seeking first the kingdom of God and staying filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the first seeking first the kingdom of God. So let's go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 14th verse. Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 14th verse. It says this. He says, wherefore, he saith, awake. 
you that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. It says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Do you know what the will of the Lord is in your life? It says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is in your life. you got a purpose in this life. Until you find out what his will is in this life, you don't know what your purpose is. I walked around in this world for 25 years and I had no clue why I was here. No clue. I had no hope, had no reason to be here and had no clue why I was here until I got born again and started following God and finding out what my purpose is in life. And I'm doing my purpose in life. You know something? You got one life to live. Just one. That's all you've got. And your purpose for being here is for running the race that God gave you to run. And you will never get another chance to do it. You do it now or you don't do it at all. We may get to that. We may not. He says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then it says, don't be drunk with wine. That's foolishness. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. This is not a one-time thing. This is a life. Living in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. He says, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust and desires of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. So what you do, like we heard that song, I am redeemed. I don't have to be the old man inside of me. His days are long dead and gone. I got a new name, a new life. I'm not the same. And a hope that will carry me on. So see, you don't have to be that old man inside of you. You don't have to listen to him. You walk by faith. You walk in the Spirit. Well, I tell you, you know, some people, um, some people say, well, I don't know what the will of God for my life is. Well, I'll tell you where you can start. We know that the will of God is the tithe. Okay? Because he said, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And it says, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. Now, we know that it's the will of God to tithe. Okay? And we know it's the will of God, and we'll look at the scripture in a little while, to not to forsake the assemblies of yourself together in Hebrews to come to church. So we know it's the will of God to tithe. We know it's the will of God to come to church. And he said, my house is called a house of prayer. So we know it's the will of God to pray. Now, there are so many scriptures on prayer in the Bible, it would take a long time to even mention them. A lot, lot talked about prayer in the Bible. I want to say this about tithing, okay? It says in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it's impossible to please God, okay? Impossible. It's impossible for God to lie. So I'm going to say this. If you've been saved any length of time, and I don't know what that length is, that's between you and God. If you've been saved any length of time and you're and you don't tithe, you will never you can write this down and then you can talk to Pastor Guy about it later. 
you will never be a person that pleases God. It's just that simple. You know, when they was coming to the uh, treasury and putting all their money in the treasury, and they was coming to the rich people, they was millionaires, and they throw a check in there for 5000 10000 50000 100000 it wasn't nothing to them. It didn't take any faith whatsoever to do that. But what got Jesus' attention is when that widow came and she gave a penny and it was all her living. She was on a fixed income and she gave everything. You know something? It got his attention. Why did it get his attention? Because faith always gets his attention. And see, he could have said, you know something? You're so poor. This is all you got. Don't, don't give it. Don't give it. Keep it. <laughs> that ain't the way God does it. See, God wants you to be able to trust Him. God wants you to be able to live a life of faith. Because without it, it's impossible to please God. Everybody that comes to Him must believe that He, does, he is who He says He is in His Word, and He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. When you diligently seek Him, you can talk to God about it, and you can say, Father God, I thank you that you're a rewarder, and you reward me. Because I'm seeking you. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. And I thank you that you're so good that you reward me. You need to talk to them. You need to speak your word. You need to tell them, I thank you. I thank you that you reward me. And he will. He'll open the windows of heaven up to you. So, let's go to... Um, I want to say this. I know most of you in here has heard of Benny Hinn. Haven't you? When Benny Hinn was wanting to marry his wife, uh, he went to her father and he said, I want your daughter's hand of marriage. I want to marry your daughter. <laughs> he looked at him and he says, are you a tither? He said, no, sir. He said, ain't no God robber going to marry my daughter. <laughs> he shook him. It got him thinking. He straightened some things out. He winded up, he winded up marrying her, but he had to change some things. Let's go to um, Hebrews 10 and verse 22. <coughs> Hebrews 10 and verse 22. When I first got saved, I knew it was the will of God for me to go to church. I knew it was the will of God for me to pray. And I knew after the Holy Spirit dealt with me, it was the will of God for me to tithe. Started there. And then when they said they needed something done in the church, I'd raise my hand. I found something to keep me busy, to be about the Father's business. You know, you know you must be about the Father's business. The only way you're gonna find your purpose in this life is, is get busy. It says in Hebrews ten and verse twenty-two. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works. It says, verse 25, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together, as a manner as some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we can see it's the will of God to be in church. 
That's why I'm here every time the doors are open. I'm not going to let distractions keep me from doing the will of God first. Because make the things of God most important. They have to be number one. If they're not number one, then I'll get distracted and I'll start making other things more important. I'll be calling the pastor all the time. Can you pray for me? I ain't got no peace. I ain't got no joy. And I'll be crying all the time. But if I'm kingdom minded and I realize that the things of God are most important and I only got one life to live down here, then I'm going to live it for God. Distractions are real. They come to everybody in all kinds of forms and ways. People will call me and tell me, I need you to meet me on this certain day or certain time. I said, well, I won't, I won't be there. I got I to gotta do this. I won't be there. It don't make no difference. It's what is first. Is it the kingdom of God in my life? Or is it other things? The parable, you know, of the sower, um, when it talks about I'll just turn there because it's not in my notes. Luke, I believe, 8 or 11. I'll find it here shortly. I'll find it here shortly. Luke 8, verse 11. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The word of God is what I'm giving you tonight. You know, it depends where it falls. That's why the Lord Jesus said, he that have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Because the Holy Spirit's always speaking to you. He's speaking to you right now. If you listen. It says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, and then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while they believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of this life, we could say uh, sins and weights, and bring forth no fruit to perfection. Verse 15, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. So as you keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and you keep seeking first the kingdom of God first, you're bringing forth fruit with patience. And then in the process of bringing forth fruit with patience, He'll purge us. Then we may bring forth more fruit. He'll say, I need you to cut this off. It's a hindrance in your life. It's distracting you. You need to get it out of your way. Just remember this. The kingdom of God is not what you eat and drink. But righteousness, that's right standing with God. Peace, that passes all understanding and it keeps your heart and your mind in Christ. And joy. Joy and peace 
They're a spiritual force. It's not like I just got a new refrigerator, I got joy. Well, you're happy because you got a new refrigerator. But that happiness, if that refrigerator ever breaks down, that happiness is gone. But joy is all the time. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It don't make no difference. If you stayed filled with the Spirit and you seek first the kingdom of God, you spend the time, I don't know how much time that you have, okay? I know the time that I have and the time that I'm going to take. I don't know how much time you have. But everybody's got time, okay? Some of you got a lot of children. Some of you, you're working jobs right now and you're believing for a better job. I understand that. But you got some time. You got some time that you need to use to spend in fellowship with God. Go to Ephesians, the 6th chapter, 18th verse. In Ephesians, the 6th chapter, I'm going to go to the 10th verse. If I told you to put the 18th verse up there, I'm sorry, Thirsty. Go to the 10th verse. It says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. It says, Stand therefore, having your loins grown about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You notice in verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The fiery darts are constantly being shot at your mind from Satan. Okay, They're ideas and thoughts and suggestions shooting at your mind. If you don't Take that shield of faith and quench those fiery darts and control your mind. The devil will. So you you have to control your mind. Uh, you know, there are so many of these places uh, today. Um, these um, uh, I don't know what what to call them, but they're everywhere. It's a big business. These mental mental places and. And they have doctors and psychiatrists that talk to these people and they, they medicate them, but they, they don't know what they're dealing with. They can't help them. Uh, they can't do anything uh, for them. And the only thing is that's going to help them is the Word of God. You know, that they would renew their mind with the Word of God, that they would take the shield of faith and quench them fiery darts. Uh, the, the, the devil, he'll, he'll bring them doubts, of, of them fiery darts of oppression and depression and and if you allow those darts to keep coming they'll get so heavy you know you'll feel so oppressed and depressed by them darts that he shoots against your mind but if you 
take the shield of faith and you tell the devil, I submit myself therefore to you, Father God. I resist the devil and he has to flee from me in Jesus' name. And you've got to be more persistent than he is. The Lord Jesus Christ wouldn't tell you to do something you couldn't do. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying, praying. This is a big part of your Christian walk. That's why we pray on Tuesday night at 630. And we cover your prayers and uh, we appreciate the people that come because we need we need prayer. It says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance. You know it takes perseverance. And supplication. You got to persevere. For all saints. He says if my people which are called by my name. Will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Forgive their sins and heal their land. You know, after I spend between three and four hours every morning um, in the presence of God, then I start praying in the Spirit. And I will pray um, off and on throughout the day, okay? Praying in the Spirit. If I'm going to stay filled, that means I'm going to have to pray. Pray. You notice it says, praying always. And then in, I believe, Luke in 18 and 1, it says, men ought to always pray and not to faint. I believe that was Cedric's favorite scripture, that men ought to always pray and not to faint. You have to be careful about distractions. You've got to be careful what you allow in your life. You're the one that's supposed to be in charge of your life. I can't do it for you. I wish I could live your life for you, but I have to live my own life. And I've got to make sure that I'm running my race down here. That it is the kingdom of God first and not my business or not anything else. Not anything. Because one day, I'm going to leave this planet. And the only thing that's going to matter is, what did I do down here? Did I pay the price? Was I willing to pay the price? Or was I making excuses? Was I willing to do what God called me to do? To give up my life? To find my life? If you hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll give it up, you'll find your real life. You see, he came that you might have life and have it more abundant. That, that abundant life is the life in the spirit. See, it's walking after the spirit. <laughs> Not this crazy world. Don't be unwise. 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.